0: Welcome to the New England Taken to BKXL 1450A on 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, NHTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Excited to be joined today by Chief Paul Dean of the University of New Hampshire Police Department. Full disclosure in the onset of this, my full-time job is at the University of New Hampshire. I work at the law school, So, uh, but this is entirely unrelated to that work. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh No problem, AJ. Thank you for, thank you for having me.
0: So for those that aren't aware of this, which I assume a lot of people aren't aware because of your uh, your title, but your role as police chief is a lot more all consuming within the university than just being in charge of security. I mean, what does your job look like to those?
1: Um, well, you know, it's a it's a full service job. So, you know, I am the police chief, but I'm the associate vice president for public safety and risk management as well. Um, responsible for not only the Durham campus, but the Concord campus, uh, Manchester campus, Granite State College, and the 16 other properties we own throughout the state. So it's a it's it's a big footprint, and it's a public safety mission. So it, it's not just law enforcement; it is security. It's emergency management. Uh, we run a 911 dispatch center that services several different um, communities as well as all our campuses. Public
0: safety. Along comes COVID back in uh beginning of uh twenty twenty and that this was a big deal for you and you ended up stepping up a lot when it came to the leadership for the operations side of the house. Hey, what did that look like for you
1: at first? Well, you know, um what what's good about this is is, is that, you know, my background prepared me for everything that I was going to do. Um and the bad news is my background prepared me for nothing I was about to do um and so that that's kind of the funny part about uh covid we had we had a pandemic plan the university uh, has a pandemic plan but as soon as the pandemic hit i opened up the plan and said this isn't going to work um and and so you know to all those that think that people have plans and they're going to work um you know sometimes you build those plans based on assumptions and this time the assumptions weren't, weren't, weren't real, but, you know, my leading through a crisis is, 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 a, is, um, you know, is, is what I do. Um, but I got to tell you, and, and you'll hear me say it all the time is that, you know, didn't do it, didn't do it alone, not doing it alone. There are many, many amazing people um, at the university of New Hampshire. And I wish I could name every single one of them uh, because I think your listeners, is you know, probably only think of the University of New Hampshire as a, as a place where we, you know, provide education, teach, prepare others for, for um, you know, for life outside of, of college to be successful in their careers. But we have some amazing researchers and scientists that are just simply the best at what they do in their field. And I was blessed uh, with being assigned by President Dean uh, to a team uh, to help operationalize uh, our COVID lab, and I tell you, it's been the best experience of my life. I got to know some colleagues that you know had been there a while, but you know, doing their research and you know never needed really that much assistance from public safety at all. And you know, it's 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 just been it's just been an amazing learning experience. But it's also it also has taxed everything that I. That I've that I've learned, you know, my master's degree is in leadership. I'm finishing up a graduate leadership certificate at Harvard right now, and you know, all of those concepts that I'm learning, I've got to put into play, and uh, it's humbled me, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, the logistics of moving a university into through a a pandemic where we actually stayed open for a majority of it, which was. Uh, as an employee, it was amazing to be able to not just stop doing what we do as a as a university, but you're one. The university is one of the largest employers in the state. It's responsible for a lot of the research that happens in the state and polling and things like that. And the the chance for the university to open up its own labs to be able to do the testing, track um, track some of the different variants that are going through the population, ended up being very important to the rest of the state to try and figure out what's going on with the virus.
1: You know, our our mission first is foremost is to is to provide, you know, support to the state, you know, whether it's through education, whether it's through outreach, no, no matter what. And we built a world class lab there. Marion McCord, the uh, uh, associate provost for for uh, research is 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 simply amazing. And we built this lab and the lab is is currently being used in collaboration with the state in, in other labs uh, throughout the throughout the state at Dartmouth, uh, some private labs, of course. Um, but the great thing is the collaborative effort. You know, we have one of the best, most modern sequencers uh, in the state, and I would say the region. And so we will be able to not only detect, you know, COVID, you know, on our campuses. But we were able to to sequence the samples right from the beginning because we saved them. Many labs throw away their samples but because of research, the institution kept it. And we were able to trace right back and and see what strain of of, uh, virus we had, what variants were prominent, not only in our campus community, but to assist the state in, in identifying variants of concern in certain populations. So we've been working with the K through 12 school systems. You know, we've been working with the homeless shelters. You know, we've been working with some of our uh, long-term care facilities uh, and, you know, even some of our prisons to, to help uh, stem the tide in those um, communities that, you know, are more susceptible to to infection just because of the close contact and living setting.
0: Yeah, the university surpassed a million tests. so congratulations to everyone that was involved with that because it was ended up being a tremendous success and was able to really make sure the university was able to stay open which was fantastic so you got that uh, that early testing to make sure that everyone was healthy when they were showing up so that's fantastic um, coming out of the fall semester what how did you feel like we that you guys did after um, th- this is year two of it uh, do you, do you feel like it was a success? Did you learn a lot from the the early days of the virus compared to coming into the fall twenty one term?
1: Every day is a learning day, AJ, When it when it comes to this virus, this virus is um, is tricky. You know, it has no soul. You know, and and just when you've got it figured out, um, it 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 doesn't let you. It doesn't let you stay quiet um, soon. But the good news is with that is that we have such a collaborative team uh, that that's been working on this from the beginning, um, you know, led by President Dean uh, and, and the rest of my team on senior management, right down to the lab workers. I mean, I can tell you firsthand the synergy is tight all the way up in between side to side. And I think that's what that's what's really done it for us. And the transparency and how we deal with things, um, you know, the expediency and the expertise has really allowed us to stay open. And quite frankly, that was what our students wanted. Yeah. You know, we survey, continue to survey our students. Our stu- students want to be on campus. They want a face-to-face experience. They, you know, it, I think it was, you know, maybe sexy to be online and hey, I can hang out at home. That went away really, really fast. You know we're we're social beings and we want to be with each other, and so what we've done is provided the best possible way to do that. And you know we we are going to open here in a couple of weeks for our our spring our spring semester. Um, you know I'll bet everything that's going on on the on on the news about Omicron and its impact on the state. All you have to do is see the positivity rate in the state. And stuff, But we, we've got plans in place to, to have students arrive safely, have students make sure that they continue to be safe, and create a safe bubble, um, whether you're at uh, the Durham campus, the Manchester campus, Granite State College, or, you, or at the law school. Um, you know Our goal is to stay open.
0: What's that looking like for making sure everyone is arriving on campus and not just bringing the virus with them? What, what's your strategy?
1: Well, the strategy is coming out soon, and you know it, it, it's you know it, it's going to be pretty similar to the past, but a little different. Um, we're going to ask students to to take uh, a test before they come back, you know, and they can take a home test kit, you know, test 24 hours, 72 hours before they come, because if you're positive, and you're at home, stay home, you know, stay home and, and take care. We've been working with the faculty; the faculty are well aware of being able to provide support the students to make sure they don't miss their things and you know we have some of the most amazing faculty and 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 they're engaged in students student um, life is their business student education is their business and so you know they they, they've got that worked out so that students can safely stay at home and still finish some work remotely and then come to campus when they arrive at campus um, they're gonna they're gonna be able to have a rapid test so when they arrive at campus you know we're gonna have them there they'll take a rapid test and then that rapid test, you know, will determine whether they, whether they stay or not. So their parents will stay with them, you know, because even though they take that test at home, you know, as you know, that test is only as good as today, you know, tomorrow it it could be different. And so, so that's our second layer uh, of a tiered approach um, there. And then they'll go into the regular testing cycle uh, at, at, at UNH. And so, you know, we feel that, you know, that's a good way to start. Now, we also know from experience that no matter what we do, uh, we're going to have a spike when we arrive. Yes. We, we just, we just know that uh, because none of our campuses are closed environments, meaning there's no gates that circle our campuses and you got to get checked in. You can basically, you know, it's, it, it's an open campus, much like any city or town in the state. And so it makes it, It makes it difficult, obviously, when students start interacting, when they go downtown to local establishments or, you know, go shopping or things like that. So we know we're going to have a spike, but we also know that that spike uh, is short lived. You know, each one of the spikes is short lived. And so we have isolation and and, and quarantine set up to be able to do that. We also going to ask students, you know, if you live close enough, go home. It's a lot more comfortable than what we can provide. Um, there and we know that you know the Omicron virus, at least as of right now, uh, signals um, that it's 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 not as severe as getting sick. Transmissible is high, but sickness is low. Uh, vaccination rates at the at the university with faculty, staff, and students are extremely high. So we know that we're offering boosters next week. So we're also offering a booster clinic. at at the university on the 18th for all anybody that that needs a booster to come and get one for your charge uh so we're you know we're in line with the with the state uh and 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 their mission to provide that so you know we're feeling really good that that we're going to have a good a good semester
0: what do you feel like were some of the mistakes that you learned from earlier on in the pandemic i mean even leading into the fall semester where maybe like we shouldn't have done it this way i feel like a lot of I personally, this is outside my even being an employee at the university. I feel like UNH did a great job. I'm really don't uh, have a positive opinion of the schools that said your your students are basically held hostage on campus through the semester because of, of fear of infecting the community and the the sketchy status of testing on other campuses. I feel like UNH did well, but there's always places where you felt like you could have improved,
1: I'd imagine. You know, there there's always. I think, like anything else at the beginning, we all didn't know an awful lot about this about this virus. And we were learning as we were going. And you know, i I think you know we were we were more restrictive, you know, you know, than than, you know, looking back. but you know i, I don't I don't see that as bad. I just see this if I knew what I knew back then, you know, we we probably would have been less restrictive in terms of, you know, outdoor events and and things like that. For instance, you know, at the beginning, you know, one of the biggest concerns was, you know, touch points, right? You know, clean everything, you know, triple, triple clean. And if after that, keep cleaning, you know, well, we've learned that, you know, through the, the virus that it's, Cleaning should happen, but you don't have to, you, you don't have to go crazy about cleaning. You know, it, you know, same thing with masks, you know, now we're, you know, now we have recommendations for the KNN, the KN95 mask or the N95 mask, you know, whereas a cloth mask was uh, sufficient. Um, you know, now we're learning that, you know, over time that, you know, some cloth masks are, you know, but. You know they have to be certain amount of layers and certain things not just a you know not just a, a knitted mask where you know had so many people doing that and donating right and so and so we we learn those we learn those things and we're able to um we're able to adapt and and look and i think that i think the real benefit of all of this stuff is you know once we get to a point where things are leveled off and we. We kind of like do a an after action review, you know, of this. You know, we're going to be able to take our lessons learned, um, make sure that we have up to date uh, protocols based on the lessons learned, share those lessons learned with other institutions or whoever whoever needs it to for for their review and, and maybe potential improvement. But you know, it's it it's going to help guide us. But I've, I've made it very clear that you know. We've done a lot of stuff here. That doesn't mean the next virus is going to act the same way as this virus. And so maybe a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now just isn't going to isn't going to work. But but what I really think will be there is the framework on how to get to where we need to. So I think whoever's in place at that time, I'm hoping I'm retired by then, um, will will allow will allow for a, a much more informed response instead of making decisions as we go
0: yeah this is gonna be fascinating over the next Five to ten years. I mean, there's there's so much data. I speak. I speak with a lot of news agencies, and they're just trying to sift through everything and talk to researchers. And they're like, "Oh, I got. I we're still. I I could tell you what happened back in March a little bit. I mean, we still don't even know the roots of the virus exactly. And uh, it'll be really interesting. And I'd imagine that's going to make university police departments a lot more uh, agile when it comes to future pandemics, future emergencies, because a lot of the stuff when it to uh, routing people, I'd imagine is useful for things outside of just a virus.
1: Yeah, you know one of the one of the things that that I think really showed, at least for our agency, and probably for many others, is that we we shifted from an enforcement organization to a community caretaking mission. Yeah, and and so that doesn't mean that you know we're not continuing to you know make sure things are safe and such, but. You know, we the the police department is 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 uh, immersed in the in the protection of students from COVID. You know, we we provide, and obviously the isolation and quarantine. We also are assisting with with the testing and movement of tests and movement of samples, um, vaccination. You know, we're we're operationalizing these vaccination clinics. We're responsible. For the distribution of masks and hand sanitizer and 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 other and and other COVID-related, um, you know, items uh, and and so we've really just shared, um, uh, we, you know, we're 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 part of the community. I think people saw a different side, yeah. of 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 law enforcement and public safety, which has always been there, but it was really just enhanced by this, where you know we we were able to pivot, you know, to that. That caretaking mission very easily, and uh, glad we did.
0: Do you feel like this is going to have a positive impact on non-university police departments? Also, you're you're plugged into the law enforcement community in New Hampshire in general, too. I mean, do you feel like they've also learned some lessons from
1: it? I think, I think that 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 everyone's learned some lessons in their in in their communities, and I think every community is going to be is going to be better uh, by it. You know, first and foremost, my policy has been and always is that we work for the community. I work for them. You know, as you know, you know, everybody gets my cell phone number. Everybody can get in contact with me. People think I'm crazy. But as the but as the chief law enforcement officer for the university, it's important for me to have contact, make sure people need 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 something. My colleagues think I'm crazy that I that I do that. But that's just me. But that's part of university policing. Yeah. So it's not the same as municipal or state policing. You know, it's a more intimate relationship. Um, And I like that. I I like that we are the part of the fabric of the community. And quite frankly, you know, you're seeing every police department in the country moving towards becoming more of the, uh, the fabric of their community, you know, and policing the way their community wants to be policed. And I think that that's a key. Every community is different. And, you know, I think every chief is realizing and, and has always realized, in my opinion, that, you know, you need to police the community the way it wants to be policed. And right now, my community needs me in my caretaking role. And and so we, we, we've we shifted from that. And quite frankly, I'll say that our student body has been amazing on all our campuses. They really have. They understand what we're under and have been and have rise, rose to the occasion better than I thought they were going to. So I'm really, really impressed with that.
0: University of New Hampshire Police Chief Paul Dean, thank you so much for joining me. Stay tuned. Next up, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to be having Nathan Fink, who's the Director of Advancement for New Hampshire Children's Trust, joining the show. You're listening to The New England Take on WKXL.